You're listening to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com podcast. Hey, I'm Mike Stout. And I'm Heidi Rue. We're both full-time voice talent and owners of Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com. AVS is a recording and training studio in Atlanta with virtual options available to join. And ProVoiceOverTraining.com offers on-demand video resources to better your voiceover career. Our purpose in creating both of these is to give you the resources you need to create the career you want. And that's exactly why this podcast exists as well. Each month, we bring on an expert to share their industry knowledge, insight, and helpful tips. Visit AtlantaVoiceOverStudio.com and ProVoiceOverTraining.com for more great resources. We are so excited because we are here with our friend and a voiceover just guru. Is that okay to no, say? Sure, yeah. I would not be a voiceover guru. Uh, voiceover but, event guru. Yeah. But Gerald Community is, resource. There. Okay, community resource, sure. Sure, well, I'll go with that. But you are the founder and president of VoiceOver City yes. and then also VoiceOver or VO Atlanta, which is the largest annual voiceover event. And the the amazing thing is, is that really in such a short time, you created mm-hmm. both an amazing resource through VoiceOver City and also one of the best conferences in the U.S. Um, and so I am so excited to have you here. But not everybody probably knows kind of the story about how you came to to run VO Atlanta and, and where that need came from and, and and how you kind of figured that out. So can you share with us a little of the backstory and in maybe even I know that that kind of also combines voiceover city as well, but Yeah. Well the the abbreviated version of it, so we don't take an hour of it, but it's uh is it started locally here in Atlanta. Um, the organization started as a meetup group and as we grew we started doing classes. And uh, even though I started off with the aim of being a talent, I started spending more time planning Mm. activities and events. And so at a certain point, it became a question of, are you going to spend your time trying to be a talent? Are you going to spend (laughs) your time coordinating? And uh, since coordinating and being around events and things like that was something I had more of an inclination toward, I went that direction. Mm. And through the meetup, we were doing more classes. And it got to a point where I realized that the only events seemed to be in Dallas, Chicago, or LA, mm-hmm. maybe New York, somewhere in there. But they were always very far away. Yeah. So the, the initial goal was to have something that I felt was drivable. So someone in Florida could drive up, you know, Tennessee, you know, different surrounding states could could drive to it here in the Southeast. And um, that was the first year back in 2013. We had about 150 people there. All together, and every year we gained somewhere between 10 and 15 uh, percent more people. And up until 19, 19, I think we had around 850, wow. close to 900 people there. Wow, wow, wow! And, uh, so, I think the the success of it actually was more about, you know, ironically, me not being a voice actor. Mm-hmm. And just focusing on creating a great environment. Mm-hmm. There was no angle of mine to get booked by an agent right. or, you know, have inroads with this casting director or something. Yeah. It was always just about how do you create a space where 
people can just engage mm -hmm. as people. They can get a chance to build relationships, interact, laugh, play, you know, have mm -hmm. fun, but also have access to great resources mm -hmm. from all around the country. And so uh, I still remember the first year we had one person from Bermuda, and I was so pumped. I was like, oh, my gosh, somebody's coming from out of the country. <laughs> We're international uh, now. And it was great. And then uh, at this point, you know, eight, nine years later, we've had people from probably about 30 different countries. Wow. And, uh, yeah. Even now we have people from Qatar, France, Belgium, Luxembourg, wow. uh, Canada, Alaska, <laughs> wow. Korea, and Australia. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, That's amazing. So in all these years with all the growth, and this is kind of the uh, the what people don't normally get to see, this is kind of like the the juice. What's kind of been something that's been funky or weird or something that's gone wrong or just any story that you have that, that would kind of give people a glimpse into, it's not all smooth, <laughs> like you COVID. see it when we pull it off. Yeah. Right. <laughs> One word, That's COVID. easy, right? <laughs> Next question. Wow, yeah. yeah that, was, that was a softball if I ever saw oh, one. I was like, a beach ball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, I, I think, I would say prior to COVID, you know, it's, it's really hard to answer because COVID makes everything else sure. seem so, yeah, so small. Yeah. yeah. I think that was probably probably the the biggest learning experience. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I wouldn't be unique in that, right? Yeah, because as a society, we all had to deal pivot. with mm. a lot of pivots, a lot of change, a lot of things that were just completely outside of your control. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but you know, attempting to look at it beyond that, I think that you anytime you deal with people. Um, even in the most ideal of things, you know, you inevitably have things that you have to navigate around. Uh, we've had moments in the conference where, you know, speakers couldn't be there. So we'd have to make adjustments or pivots. Um, there were moments where as an event planner, sometimes we, you know, we plan these events, you, you know, you're dealing with people, but then there are moments where you, you're literally stopped in your track just to remember how much of a people business you're really in. Mm. Um, and that no more than, I remember October 13th, uh, a few years back of one of the attendees who had been to the conference that same year, she had survived cancer a couple of times, but she didn't win her last battle, you know? Mm. And, and so when they called up, they were like, hey, just to let you know, you know, Carol Joy, you know, she's moved to hospice. And then on mm. the day of the 13th, she she passed away. And, and so I'm sitting there like, are you going to say something? I'm like, first of all, why is it my job to say, <laughs> you know? Uh, but then it kind of sinks in that, mm. you know, she's a, you're part of this community. And uh, no matter how you feel about it, you, you're in a position where people are looking for you to, to give voice to their feelings. Yeah. And it's it's that moments like that where I think it was like one of the hardest things I ever had to do was to 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 look into a camera and express sympathy and condolence for someone who had just been there and had just recorded a video a few months back talking about mm -hmm. how much the conference meant to her and how she wanted to actually sponsor someone else to be there and wow. and that was hard you know mm -hmm. it was like but it was just that reminder that in the end. You're not about the microphone. You're not about what job you think you booked or didn't book. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, we're all people. And voiceover is unique in the sense that there is so little commonality between the people who find themselves in the community. There are young kids who do voiceover, yeah. <laughs> whose parents bring them to everything. And then there are older kids who do voiceover, yeah. <laughs> whose nursing assistant brings them to everything. <laughs> you know? No, but it, it just it spans the age yeah. and it spans genders and it spans backgrounds. And some come from well-to-do places. Um, some are retired, some are doctors, lawyers, some just finished high school or are still in middle school. Yeah. And so that's one of the dynamics I think that is often hard to to navigate sometimes. And, and both of you work in the space of training and things. And, you know, you could have a parent walk in with their son or daughter who's 13 or 14 years old, and you have to deal with that relationship. And then they can walk out the door, and five minutes later, you have someone comes in and says, hey, I've been a teacher for 30 years, and I'm retiring, and I'm looking at voice acting. Mm -hmm. And so the, the information itself may be the same, yeah. but your need to articulate and communicate that information right. is different. Yeah, right. and the reasons why people want to do voiceover is yes. different. I always start with that yeah. when I would when I would do the training. Uh, I would say, "What is your why? Why are you yeah. here? Why are you doing this?" Yeah. And in many cases, <laughs> I, I found it interesting that a lot of people would answer that question, and it's not just voiceover, but people would tend to say, give these very. Uh, heartwarming, philanthropic answers. <laughs> I want to save the bears and, you know, and I just want to do good and I want to give back. And I was like, okay, and? Well, you know, and I'd like to, to be able to make a little money. I said, you want to make some money? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. That's okay. So why do you have to hide that behind all of this other stuff? There's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I'd, I'd like to make a living doing something different than what yeah. I do now. That's yeah. a good answer. Right. It's just totally. as good as save the whales, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and and so um, in many cases, I wouldn't say I would dissuade them, but I think I'd take time to just say, if you're just running away from what you're currently doing, mm -hmm. then you're probably going to have a hard time mm -hmm. because you're probably looking for immediate results yeah. instead of actually having a genuine interest Mm -hmm. in developing your skills and seeing where something takes you. Yeah. Because yeah. rarely when you're running away from one thing, do you run to the best other thing. <laughs> right, right, yeah. You know? And they, they would stop usually and they would kind of think about it. And I'm like, mm. you know, or you try to build on that. Like if you've been a doctor for, for the last 20 years and you're looking for something, I may say, listen, I know you're saying you want to be the greatest animating voice in the world, animation voice. But how about you start with medical narration? Because you yeah. would be more familiar with that terminology and how it's actually used. Not to mention that if you start in medical narration and you apply for medical narration jobs and someone looks at your web page or something and they see you're about, I promise you that a medical institution will see on there that you were a doctor for 20 years yeah. and it will ring a different bell in their 100%. head. <laughs> and they probably 100%. already have contacts that they can reach out to. Yeah. You know, exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, and when they speak to them, they can speak a certain language mm -hmm. that that community, because every community has a certain language that it has. Now, it doesn't guarantee you something, yeah. but you can probably say those words a lot more fluid than someone who has to study them and <laughs> yeah. figure it out and yeah. ask around and, and yeah. things like that. So I'm really strong on, on the belief that 
evaluate the toolbox that you have, the tools in your toolbox, and then try to build on that. If you come from medical, ask yourself, what advantage does that allow you to have? If you come from being a teacher, what advantage does that provide from you, for you? If you come from being a pilot, what advantage does that provide for you? you know? And then when you can get them to thinking about that, they really begin to look at it a little different. Um, and I say, it's okay to pivot later, yeah. but play to your strengths. Yeah. You know, if you come from a medical background, play to that strength. Yeah. If you worked in a law firm for 10 years, play to that strength. Mm. <laughs> you know? uh, but too often people have this notion that I want to do something different. And unfortunately, they, they're willing to sacrifice the things that make them unique because they associate those with their feelings about the past job. Mm. And so their, their desire to get away from the job leads them to throwing away all of those really beneficial things that they associate with that job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gerald, you know, I was going to ask you a, a favorite memory from VO Atlanta, but which we know what your not favorite memory is, um, <coughs> COVID. But, um, <laughs> but it sounds like to me, it, and I could be wrong, but it sounds like your favorite memory would just be the collective of being able to help people and give people the resource. I mean, that was your why in even starting VoiceOver City. I have two favorite memories every year. Um, there, there are more in some years because there are always a lot of things that happen. But those two favorite memories are really the same. They're just, they just happen at different points. One is when I open the conference and when I end, but they're the same in the sense that when I scan the audience and I see that for that time, we're all sitting next to each other in the same space, men, women, black, white, Asian, from different countries, uh, different you know, religious backgrounds, different political affiliations, different sexual orientations, yeah. whatever it is, our differences. Yeah. For that brief time, we're together. Hmm. For that brief time, we're on the same page. You know, and so for me, that means a lot because I'm sure you don't have to look far to find that there's a lot of, you know, divide and conquer stuff, you know, <laughs> out, out. and um, it's not brand new for the last couple of years. It's been there. But at conference, I see people having a meal together and they're just people. I see them gathered around a piano randomly at the end of a night singing and Jeffrey Umberger's playing or something. <laughs> and, and they're just people laughing. And, and when I hear people say, oh, my gosh, I haven't laughed that hard in years. Mm -hmm. Those are the success stories mm -hmm. that matter more to me. You know, the, the bonuses are when you booked an agent that you met there and, and you booked a job or, or something mm -hmm. from the skills you learned there. But the relationships are something that will last well beyond, mm. you know, the, the conference attending yeah. attendance yeah. itself. Hmm. Well, that was, I think, I feel like I know the next answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you hope for, for this year? Just to, survive. <laughs> just, to, yeah, survive. just to survive. <laughs> uh, Maybe I didn't know the answer. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, um, it's a tough one in the sense that, you know, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that, that watching the news every day and yeah. hearing all the, the, oh, how's this going? How's that going? You know, what's up? What's yeah. down? You know, what's new? What's old? 
Um, when's everything going to trend back up or down? Uh, you know, it can be a bit taxing yeah. uh, on your psyche, but you kind of have to still plan at the same time. I won't say hope for the best, but you have to plan for the best and manage uh, for anything less. Yeah. And so um, maybe that'll be a new T-shirt, you know, <laughs> plan for the best and, right. and, and manage, manage the rest. The rest. Right? <laughs> um, but really, that's what it comes down to. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, just just a challenge of, you know, still looking ahead. Yeah. And controlling the things you can. True. What's the old serenity prayer, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Accept the things I cannot change. Yeah. <laughs> change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you've been a leader at Voice Over City and VO Atlanta. And, I mean, like we've just talked about, you just went through a pandemic leading, you know, one of the mm-hmm. biggest conferences and had to pivot and try different things. I can't even imagine. I mean, I immediately thought of you mm-hmm. when all this stuff happened. Um, but what are some things that or lessons that you feel like you've learned through all of this that you'll even take with you past, you know, the conference uh, in, in whatever you're doing next? Wow. That one would probably center around things like just, you know, if, if you're in the planning space, um, the teaching space, you know, managing space, I guess, to, to always remember that you're dealing with people. And, you know, some days that feels really good. Some days not so much. <laughs> uh, but it's probably like, you know, if you're a parent, you know, rather, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, it's, it's you got to take the good with, with the other stuff as well. And um, at a certain point, you just have to do the best you can. And uh, hopefully, you know, when you get to the end of the night, you know, sometimes I find myself you know, kind of nodding off at the keyboard or something. <laughs> and, and I just ask myself, you know, have you done as much as you could do today? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, it's like, okay, let's go to bed. Mm-hmm. Just go to bed. It doesn't matter whether you finished or not. Just you've, you've done as much as you can today. Right. And um, one of the things is to appreciate the, the people who buy into your vision buy into the effort that you that you're putting towards something because I've been asked sometimes like you know how did how did you get such a great team to make it all happen and I really do mean when I say they're gifted to you mm-hmm. they really are I couldn't tell you a person on my team that I uh, set out to just hire or something mm-hmm. like that they were just people who said how can I help yeah you know how can I be a part of it what can I do and, and meant it. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't just a courtesy phrase. It's like they showed up. Yeah. They worked. And sometimes you're standing there, you're just like, you can't even think of money because it doesn't even represent what you feel like you would want to give them to, right. Right. to say thank you for what they give you and what they mm-hmm. contribute. And so, you know, my, my biggest takeaway is that there are a lot of really good people in the world. And in a lot of cases, they don't look like you. They're not mm-hmm. your age. They're not from where you're from. Yeah. But they just have a spirit about them that says, I believe in what you're doing, and I'm willing to lend my time and talent to helping you get there, mm-hmm. to helping that vision come to, to fruition. Yeah. And uh, you just appreciate them so much because I yeah. certainly didn't do it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and every year, like the funny thing is, 
I do the vast majority of the planning leading up to the start of the conference. But once we're at the hotel, I have to trust everybody else on my team mm -hmm. to execute the conference. My role goes from 95% of the, the planning and putting it all together to 5% mm -hmm. of executing. Mm -hmm. Because everybody has to take a role. Because mm -hmm. all of a sudden, it's not just me in front yeah. of my computer. It's me walking around, uh, like I say, shaking hands and kissing babies or something. Just we don't have a lot of babies. Yeah, I've seen you get <laughs> with, uh, you've got your ascot on and a little brandy yeah. that you're garnishing as you walk around shaking hands. I have to strategize even how I get to certain things because, you know, what may be a five-minute walk for you to go from... Right. Know, the admin suite <laughs> right. to the back room over there is simple. You just walk. Right, yeah. right. For me, it's you get walk, stopped. talk, shake right. hands, walk, talk, shake hands, walk, talk, mm. shake hands, and there's yeah. like 10 feet between. Yeah. But that's my role there. Right. Yeah. And so, so I have to remember that my role at the conference is not the role I have the day before. Mm. Mm -hmm. The day before, I might be moving boxes and, you know, right. putting computers together or whatever. But mm -hmm. yeah. at the start of it, my role is mm -hmm. to be a personality and to give hugs, shake hands, welcome people, greet them, make them feel at home. Mm -hmm. um, I run around, I sign papers for the hotel. You know, <laughs> that's the only official importance I get is the hotel, you know, <laughs> piece of it. But, uh, but that's the job. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's, that's just as much of it as, as anything else. And, and mm -hmm. so when people come and they're like, hey, you know, I came last year and it made a big difference for me. I'm like, Success stories. Right. Yeah. It's, it's all great. Yeah. Well, one of the cool things about uh, VO Atlanta is all the big names in the voiceover industry. I mean, people come through here and they have, you know, their voiceover fans or their voiceover favorites, you know, and they can't wait to meet them. And you've rubbed shoulders with all of them because you bring them in. And so you have all these great conversations with with uh, just the, the elite voiceover peeps uh, throughout the nation. Sure, you've learned something from from all of them, but if you can pass along three nuggets of wisdom in those conversations, what would they be? If you can kind of yeah. boil it down. I would say that there are a few things that they all have in common. One is that the ones that, that I have at the conference now, there are other ones that certainly have some of these, but as far as the ones that, that you find at Vio Atlanta, is that they all continue to strive to learn more. Yes. You know, and you would think they've, they've been at this a long time. You know, they, they've, they've gotten to the top of what they do. But one of the questions I get asked by these, you know, presenters and agents and stuff is like, hey, can I go sit in on that class? Hey, is it okay for me to, to, to watch that, you know, to jump in there? And I'm like, yeah. You know, and they're like, okay. Yeah. So they're always looking to learn. And it's something that I share with people who are, who are starting out. It's like, here's someone who's been this for, for 20 years. And their question was, you know, can I sit on that session because I'm trying to learn some new skills? And your question is, well, I took a class last week. You know, when am I going to book my next job? You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. So that and that they, they understand the importance of relationships. 
you know, and they'll share lessons sometimes about times when they were arrogant, you know, or, <laughs> or a little cocky and things like that. And, and then it always comes back to, but, you know, I met this person and they just kind of helped me understand that it was more important for me to be that type of person mm-hmm. that someone would want to work with yeah, um, and things like that. And uh, just that they all have stories, that they're people. They all had a day one. <laughs> yeah, they, they all had a day one. And trust me, they don't book everything they audition for. Yeah. But they, they've gotten to a place where they understand that the job is auditioning. Mm-hmm. You know, booking it is like <laughs> the, the <Yeah>. bonus, right? <laughs> uh, but they're just easy to talk to. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I do interviews with, you know, the vast majority of them, I used to do all of them, but it kind of got to be a bit much. But um, the vast majority that, that I do a personal interview with the interviews have very little to do with their career mm. because I can read all that on the website. Yeah. And in fact, a lot of times I will ask them, tell me about yourself and they'll run down their bio. And when I, I let them talk and they get to the end and I say, okay, great. You just told me everything that's on your website. <laughs> now I want to know about you. Yeah. What do you like doing when you're not in the booth, when you're not around talent? What do you like doing? Do you golf? Do you fish? You got kids, puppy? I mean, tell me about you. Mm-hmm. Because I believe that you should be open to knowing the who first, right? Versus the what. Mm-hmm. That's why like you've both been to conference and you you may have noticed that when we do lunch, we do community style lunch and there are no big tables, little tables. There are no reserved tables. They're just tables, right? Yeah. Yeah. You could have sat anywhere you want it. You ever notice that on your name badge, there is no title. Mm-hmm. It may say where you're from, you know, Atlanta or something, but it doesn't say you're an agent. It doesn't say you're right. talent. It doesn't say any of that. Right. Now, maybe in the book or something like that, it'll have that description. But I don't want you walking around hunting for people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's the director. Oh, I'm going to follow them to the bathroom, you know. <laughs> um, just meet the person. Yeah. If you're sitting at a table having lunch, you're all just people. Yeah. You know, because if they find you likable and they find you a person easy to talk to, then it's easy to think of ways to try to help you, you know, to want to refer you. Mm-hmm. Haven't you both met people that they come and ask you for something and you just like them so much that even though you couldn't help them yourself, even after they walked away, you were like, you know what? I wonder if somebody has something for them. You know, let me oh, call yeah, somebody. Totally. It's like you you want oh, 100%. to you yeah. want to find some way yeah. to help them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why it's like, just go have lunch, have a good mm-hmm. conversation. Just be open to engaging and then they'll come back. Oh my gosh, I was I couldn't believe it. I was sitting next to Scott Brick or something. I was like, you Scott Brick was eating lunch? For real? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, that's amazing. I have to talk to him about that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think they're just surprised at yeah. the fact that it's it's an environment where you can just interact with people mm-hmm. without it being about, oh, well, they're, they're sitting in the big chair or the little chair or, you know, they got the colored chairs over here. And now just people. And yeah. I would like to add on top of that as an introvert during those lunch times. Do whatever you can to just sit down next to somebody and start talking. Because as an introvert, that's tough for me. Uh-huh. You know, I could do it. And once I start, it's a whole lot easier. But Heidi over here, you know, she could talk to anybody and <laughs> just have a a great, you know, time. But if you're an introvert, take that. You're at a conference. 
enjoy that time and take that time to ask questions and sit down yeah. next to somebody you don't know. And that, you know, the, the piece I'll tie into that is I used to get asked in the beginning a lot, what can I get out of it? What is the conference going to do for me? What is my ROI? And what is, you know, <laughs> things like that. And, and at first I used to try to figure out an, an appropriate answer for it. Sure. And then I got to the place where I understood that it wasn't my job to answer that per se. My role was to create an environment, to make sure that that it was a suitable environment, like there was a nice hotel, that there were, you know, lunch times people were where they could engage, that there was uh, activities that people could go to, that there were sessions that covered a broad spectrum of things. If you decide to stay in your room, is it still my job? Is it my responsibility that you didn't have a good time? Is it, is, is it my fault that you didn't introduce yourself to anyone? Is it my fault that you skipped all the sessions? Yeah. No, I can't control that. So ultimately I say, it's, it's more of a question of what do you want to get out of the conference? Because if you're looking to meet more people in the community, if you're looking to pick up some tips related to some of the latest gear or equipment or whatever, you know, all those things are available to you. You know, I go back to the Home Depot example we had earlier, right? It's not their job to fix my bathroom. It's just their, their thing to create a place where I can find the resources mm -hmm. and maybe some people in there that I can ask a question about whatever the thing mm -hmm. is I'm doing. And they can say, oh, oh, you, yeah, you don't have that much space. You need this kind of sink or check that kind of sink or, and try that. And if it doesn't work, come back and let me know and I'll, I'll show you some other options. Yeah. But it's always your job, right? Mm -hmm. And so once I, I absorbed that, it was easier to manage it because I understood that it wasn't my job to tell you what you were going to get out of it. It was your job to engage in the environment. I just had to do my piece to, to make sure it was available to right. you. Yeah. yeah, so true. Well, you have seen the voiceover industry change quite mm -hmm. a lot. I mean, in the past decade, like it's yeah. just radically changed. Where do you see it going in the next five years? That's probably the hardest part for me to address because I don't engage in the community from that aspect mm -hmm. of it. And one of the things I've always been careful to do is to make sure I kind of stay in my lane. Sure. sure. <laughs> um, my observation of the industry is probably more related to, to seeing people engage with one another. And, and to that extent, I think people have um, learned to interact even more where you see more small group interaction online, you see more people having online little uh, workout groups and, and yeah. different things. And I think that's all great. I think it's, you know, really a bonus when they say, oh yeah, I met them at conference, I met them at conference, I met them at conference. Uh, and then they go and then they do their own thing and they yeah. build from that. But as far as the specifics of the voiceover industry, probably outside of my scope. Sure, yeah. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the last VO Atlanta. Can you uh, give us a tease as to what someone can expect? Oh, probably uh, just a lot of tissues. <laughs> for you or for? No. <laughs> I'm uh, kidding. Of course, everybody. No, I, I think it's just, I don't know. For, for me, I guess I look at it as, 
you know, things things evolve and, and things change. The, the world around us obviously has changed a lot in the last couple of years. For me, I'm just looking at it as like a chance to just strive to engage more in terms of just, you know, enjoy it. Just mm -hmm. enjoy it, absorb it, be there. I think that's honestly the, that's always been the secret sauce, so to speak, is that it was always created primarily as a place for people to to engage and have a good time um, and 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 that doesn't mean parties and stuff because you know it's like we don't plan like a bunch of party stuff there's not a you know uh, a bar involved in everything yeah. or drinking right. involved or, or something like that it's like i always had this thing where you know if if you wanted to bring your your, your young niece or son or daughter that you could feel comfortable doing that mm -hmm. and and it would be okay yeah, now maybe at eleven o'clock around the piano, maybe not too much. <laughs> but but generally speaking, you you could feel like uh, you know Atlanta was a place that you could bring your family to and feel comfortable. Sure. Uh, you know, occasionally presenters always would say, "Hey, you know, if I do this or that, you know, is it okay?" And I said, "Well, just let me phrase it to you this way: If my son or daughter were sitting on the front seat, would you do it?" I said, well, I don't know. I said, well, if you have to second guess yourself, yeah. leave it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. If you can feel comfortable, then it's probably fine. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you have to wonder about it, then just leave it out. Sure. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, but as far as what they can look forward to, I kind of put that in the category of, you know, I create an environment mm -hmm. and they can look forward to to engaging with other people, having a good time. Um, I've invited, actually, I sent out a message earlier today inviting people that wanted to submit either testimonial or pictures um, from their, their time at the conference because everybody has a different view, you know, because yeah. they're all taking their own pictures to share your favorite ones. And uh, we've done a printed program guide the last few years. So I want to do a big fat one for this, mm. this one and uh, give people a chance, even if they're, they're new to the conference, to just look and see, you know, <laughs> some right. of the history there of people who've met and interacted and, and even to remember those, you know, like Brad, who, who aren't with us anymore. And um, again, it just makes you think about the relationships and, and things like that along the way. Mm. Well, Gerald, um, on behalf of the entire voiceover community, we just want to say thank you so much. And thank you for creating this. And mm -hmm. um, we are going to grieve this you know, um, this being the last year, but, um, I look forward Grieve. to being there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's. Oh, just reflect. Okay. We'll reflect. Reflect. Yeah. Let's not grieve. But anything, <laughs> anything that we do, I mean, you know, oh I've had a lot of projects or things that I've done and every time I have to either walk away, even if it's for a good thing, yeah. it's, it's a, it, takes it requires a grieving yeah. process and um yeah. and so and they're just there's no other gerald you know out there and so um we just we appreciate you and we yeah. thank you for what you have created for us and mm -hmm. for the whole vo community well i appreciate that so well, i appreciate you guys too i mean you know you're doing great things here and creating a space where people can come and, and learn and, and things like that and it's always good. Well, thank you for trailblazing and all your wisdom and, yeah. and everything that you've shared with us. So thank yeah. you so much, Cheryl. Thanks so much for joining us today on the podcast. And 
please attend VO Atlanta. If you have, you know what you're going to get. <laughs> and if you haven't, then um, th- now's your chance. Basically, you better get on <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so we'll include a link in the show notes um, so that you can register and join us there. So thanks again, Daryl. Thank you. Appreciate it.